The Kraft legacy is quite the roller coaster. I mean, the first two thirds are actually pretty darn good. I didn't even want to watch this. I didn't see the first Kraft. Uh, I haven't had time to watch that. Uh, and I thought, well, the trailer was cute. You know, I was like, eh, it's going to be like a CW type of thing. You know, I got I got the link on a Friday and I was like, is this really how I want to spend my weekend? But they were like, it, the link expires in 72 hours. So I was like, all right, I better watch it. And during the first two thirds, I was like, wow, I'm actually entertained. I can't believe this. And that's in large part thanks to an unusually strong cast. There are like four casting directors on this movie. I was going to credit someone, but that's like, usually you only have one to two casting directors on a film. But however many they needed, it was worth it because this is a fantastic cast. But then you can sense a butt coming. The third act is cringe, so cringe, like wow cringe. Like I couldn't believe what I was watching. I started to see where it was going and I'm like, you're really not going to torpedo yourself like this, are you? And they're like, oh yeah, we're going for it. And it was embarrassingly bad for David Duchovny. At times it was hard to look at the screen. It was so embarrassing for him, uh, embarrassing for him in a number of ways, uh, by the way. And quite frankly, considering his character and the writing of his character, I mean, the whole movie, you're like, okay, what are you gonna do with David Duchovny's character? Cause you gotta do something with him or why else would he be in this movie? And they're like, here you go. And you're like, Wow, I thought you might be doing that. I hoped you weren't gonna do it. You did it. It's even worse and more cringe than I thought it would be. I'm real surprised you took this role, quite frankly. I would have said no to him. If I were his agent or manager, I would have driven to the set and dragged him off of it and said, you're not doing this. But he did. So I'd be very curious how you guys feel about it because I think you're probably gonna watch this movie. Because for the final scene, there is such a strong tease for a sequel that features an incredible callback from the first Kraft film. I mean, it's the main thing that will get people talking about this movie. I think, I think this will trend. It might not, but I think it will. The question is, will people just look at screen grabs or will they actually go and watch it? I suspect they might watch it because again, the first two thirds are pretty good. But that reveal really should have happened at the beginning of the third act for this film that Hollywood continues to put off for a sequel what they can put in, a mo in the movie they're making today and making us watch today is maddening, especially because again, as we often discuss, you might never get that sequel. Put everything you got into the first movie. I, I mean, I just think it's the height of like ego to be like, oh yeah, we're definitely getting a sequel. So let's put it off for that. And this movie's basically just to get everyone, this movie's basically to get you excited about the cast's futures uh, in Hollywood. And then also for the sequel. Like, this is like, like, why did you make me sit through this? Because clearly the real action is going to be the sequel to this movie. But you know what? I think they will make a sequel because the tease is so strong and the cast is so good. And Jason Blum movies are so cheap. It's not going to cost a lot to do it anyway. I don't see how they couldn't make a sequel. I mean, I'd even like to see a sequel. And I've never seen, again, the original Craft, and I only thought this movie was okay. But I'm like, you're going to make a sequel, right? <laughs> All right, now let's talk about this cast that I fell in love with so much. Uh, Gideon Al... If I were a casting director or producer, I'd be like, this movie's amazing! I want that person and that person and give me that person. Gideon Alden, uh, Lovey Simone, and Zoe Luna, who is a trans actress and plays a trans character here. They don't really do anything with it, though, because these characters have hardly any lines. But the actresses have such strong and likable personalities, so likable, that they make a very big impression for the time that they are on screen. 
But this is really a movie about Callie Spaney's Lily and Nicholas Galitzine's Timmy. Talk about names that need to be changed. How are you going to put those above the title of a movie? It's just, it's very, very hard names to say. But they're both incredibly talented. So talented. Spaney comes across as a more likable Brie Larson. They have very similar vibes. So similar vibes. Uh, and she's fantastic, though. Not, you know, I like Brie Larson sometimes, but Spaney is like Brie Larson without any of the baggage. She's fantastic. And if a, a franchise should be really in a race to snap her up quick. I liked her a lot. And then I was really surprised how much I liked uh, Gillitzine because he reminded me at first of Biff from Back to the Future. But Biff, of course, did a fantastic job. Biff is iconic because of that performance. So Gillitzine did a good Biff, but then he's also in a role that ends up having fantastic character development and allows him to show off tremendous range as an actor. I was like, this guy, where'd this guy come from? And I'll tell you where he's going. He's the prince in the upcoming Camilla Cabello Cinderella movie. And based off of his work here, I can not only see why he got that role, but I predict he'll be a big star off of that. Uh, he might even start to become a little bit of a star off of this movie. We'll see how many people watch it. But he was, he's a, the Camilla Cabello Cinderella was very smart to snap him up as the prince. I think that's going to work out real well for everybody. Michelle Monaghan, she's a talented actress. I did think it was weird that she's like doing like the Mission Impossible movies and this. I was like, Hollywood is a rough business. But she's okay. I mean, she's mostly there because she looks so much like Spaney. Like it really sells the mother-daughter angle, which is an important part of the story. And I won't give anything else away. All right, the movie also has some really nice things to say about women and the LGBT community. I thought that was lovely. And I thought it was really sophisticated and well done. I was like, this is what we want to see in terms of representation of these discussions in these communities. But then the third act is so bad and has like, does all the negative stuff that comes with the, usually those discussions that it undoes a lot of the goodwill that was done in the first two thirds. And it will invite a lot of criticism of this film from specific groups, you know, they're not what I'm talking about, that are often like really overreacting and, you know, making a big deal out of nothing. But here... This is pretty bad. Like, I don't know why this film wouldn't... I, I understand what the film is trying to say, but it does it in the worst eye-rolling way possible with no... Like, it's so important. Okay, it's very anti-men. So I think that if you're going to critique certain parts of the male community, you have to also make an effort to highlight the good parts, right? I think that nobody wants to vilify an entire gender. That's ridiculous. But I feel to some degree that's what this movie did. So I was like, you guys are not helping anybody with this kind of third act. It was bad. I mean, I guess there was one character, maybe. Maybe a lot of the good stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. But they should have put it back in. Because it's not balanced at all. But again, the rebound is so strong. Like the, the final scene. And it should, again, have people tweeting. I mean, the trailer itself trended. I'm sure some people it trended because some people were like, why are you doing another craft, right? But that shows that people like this franchise and it's becoming a franchise and they're going to be very interested in the end of this movie. I'm sure a lot of you are like, damn it, now I have to watch it to find out what the end is because she keeps talking about it so much. I'm not going to ruin it. I, again, I was, I lit up and I've never even seen the first craft. Uh, Writer-director Zoe Lister-Jones, an actress herself, is directing only her second film here, feature film. She directed a short as well, but this is only her second feature. And it shows... I mean, as an actress, her strongest work is understandably with her cast and getting out amazing performances from them. And as a writer, you can see what's important to her because what she chooses to highlight in the first two thirds of the movie. And I think she does, again, a good job with that. 
But the third act is so bad. And I think she, again, go, go, gives into the, the worst tendencies. I just would have red penned the whole part of the script. I would have just been like, I would have handed her back the first two thirds. And I'd say, I ripped out the third act, Zoe, because it's going to kill everything. It's going to hurt this movie. It's going to hurt you. Let's not do it. And I'd say, take your end. Here are the final two pages of your script. That's the new beginning of your third act. Now go write the third act that everybody wants to see. And you're going to make us wait to see it until frickin' sequel. I mean, I'm really surprised that experienced producers, like here, no, Zoe Lister-Jones, she got maybe a little carried away. She's like new to writing and directing. So yeah, but she has experienced producers working on this. Jason Blum, Douglas Wicker, Douglas Wick and Lucy Fisher. And they should have known better. They should have been like, oh, that's not very nice, Zoe. I, see, I feel your passion, but you've really made a, a horrible mistake. I can't believe it, Dave. I can't believe David Duchovny's agent didn't say, you know, well, you almost got my client. But let me just warn you for other people's clients. I think this is going to hurt the film. I guess they thought it was a good, I can't believe it, filming those scenes. They weren't like, this seemed like a good idea. It's just really one scene. But they should have been like, this seemed like a good idea, maybe on the script. But now that we're seeing it actually played out, it's kind of ridiculous and stupid and embarrassing. I mean, I, I mean, I felt that way watching it. And also, I think that Lister Jones' visuals as a director are really subpar, with not a single inventive camera move or setup in the entire film. I mean, I had a similar problem with Aaron Sorkin's The Trial of the Chicago 7. I don't think he really did anything with his directing. He just planted down the camera and was like, as I said in my review, say my beautiful lines. You know, being a writer-director isn't so that nobody changes your script. You know, that you're not there as like a guard of your script, which I feel sometimes is how writer-directors, some, some writer-directors feel. You are there to elevate your script. So you really have to separate yourself into two people. There's the person who wrote the script, and then you become the director who loves your script so much because you wrote it, and now your job is to elevate it even more as a director. Uh, and I did not feel that was taking place with Lister Jones's work here. Going forward, I would keep this cast for sure, and I would thank Lister Jones for her work, but I would get another writer-director to do the sequel that I actually really, really want, because that's the movie that they, that's clearly the movie that Jason Blum wants to make. Why did we have to have this stupid pit stop? So yeah, if you're looking for a Halloween treat, I think that you, this will do. I think this will do, especially thanks to the excellent cast. You too will watch the first two thirds and be like, am I actually having a good time? Yes, you are. But then you will have to hate watch the third act, as I said. But then get ready for an amazing, you know, tease at the end. Because, And also, if you're a fan of the original, the original Kraft movie, I would say this is a must watch because of the ending and the likely movie that's coming. So that's my review of the Kraft Legacy, which hits PVOD right now. They lifted the embargo at the last possible second. Uh, so Wednesday, October 28th, you can get this uh, wherever movies are sold digitally. Share your thoughts down below. If you want to talk about that ending, be sure to mark it with a spoiler. Uh, subscribe. And of course, as always, you can check out some more videos right now.